Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is not as sick, Steve. However, that could always change. Uh, but I'm actually feeling a lot better today. Joining me is my co-host, Always Healthy, Dwayne Davis. Hey, everybody. And yes, this is the first time we've recorded on a Monday in three weeks. It is. Yeah, it <laughs> so, is. You know, um, things happen. Yeah, and, life happens, though. Yeah, oh, life happens. And, you know, I'm just glad to be back. Uh, and today we're finally going to be discussing the episode we were talking about doing three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, we're going to be talking all about Paul Michael Levesque, also known as Triple H. Triple H. Yeah. Dr. Hurst Helmsley. Uh, and, you know, because of his announcement that he is done with in-ring action and, yep. you know, but um, I do want to talk about some other things first. Like, uh, hopefully talking about him will put me in a little bit of a better mood than my day started out. Woke up, stepped out in my hallway, and I felt something underneath my foot. My bare foot. Oh. Yes. Oh. So, and, and I'm like going, you know, and it. Uh, and I actually slept in a little bit for me just to sleep it in on a weekday. It was about five 30 mm-hmm. and I didn't want to start screaming and wake up everybody else in the house, but I felt like it. So, you know, I'm hopping <laughs> on one foot trying to find the, yeah, you know, um, something to, um, you know, we, we actually have some like the wet wipes, you mm-hmm. know, that we use, you know, for wiping stuff down. So I found those, I was able to, took me a little bit because of course, I me mean, it goes in your toes and it's, it's, uh. You know, and, you know, and I'm right, ready to just scream and just uh, grab the dog <laughs> by the scruff of his neck and throw him outside in the rain, you know, but he's a little, um, he's a little Jack Russell and you know, mm-hmm. they little dogs of attitudes. Yeah. Um, but he has a habit of doing that. And, um, we're like, this dog was supposed to be housebroken when we got him, mm-hmm. but we kind of figure out this dog, because he's got that, some other health, health issues. Our dog is defective. you know um he's got the dog version of alopecia you know Mm, and i know that's a word that's been in the the news lately. yeah um but yeah but he's got the the canine version Mm -hmm. of that and so we have to watch his diet and things like that because uh like certain dog foods you know i think if it's grain based he can't eat them uh one of our dogs our bigger dog his name's max uh, he is like that. He has to, like, we buy uh, pedigree because if he eats, yeah. like, say he eats the old Roy from Walmart or whatever. That's what we were getting before that was old Roy. And his hair was falling out. Yeah. Yeah. So now that, you know, and so he eats pedigree. So now he's, he's good. Uh, it, yeah. And, you know, so I go and I, I walk past the kitchen to get to the shower. And there's actually a reason I'm talking about the kitchen, mm-hmm. you know, get done my shower and you know, get dressed, whatever. And as I'm getting ready to walk out the door, one of the last things I always do is I grab this cup or I have like 10 of them, like, just like it we got from universal and I fill it up with whatever mm-hmm. I walk in the kitchen and there is trash all over the floor. <laughs> Same dog. He just had a field day while you're oh, yeah. sleeping. Well, one probably led to the other. Is you know he, because he got in the trash and he ate something ate, that ate something they shouldn't have and then and then yep. just yep tore his you know, stomach so, up. Yep, and of course you know he goes right where we're going to be walking, so he's like, "We'll make sure you found it." You know, oh yeah, like, 
It's like um, my belly's upset, so I'm gonna my day's ruined. So I'm gonna make sure your day's ruined too. Yeah. So you know that's that's how my day started out. You know. So, um, but work wasn't bad. Work was just long today. Yeah. Uh, but it was just man, technically, I'm I'm not gonna show it because I, I honestly I they get weird about showing like the computers. Mm-hmm. You know. But I mean, granted, there's nothing on it right now that um you know would be any kind of proprietary information. But at the same time. You know, uh, but yeah, I have my work computer over here right beside me too. So when after we're done, I, I got a couple of things I'm finishing up. You know, using the goal seek in Excel. You ever done that? I have not. I think Hope has, but I haven't. Yeah, it's actually. I mean, um, it's actually pretty neat if you can. Uh, you know, once you get used to it. You know, right. uh, one of our files I actually have a macro set up to where it looks at like twelve different cells and does a goal seek on all of them. Oh, okay. Yep. So, uh, not this file, but <laughs> on a totally different file. <laughs> Um, but, uh, in other news, the Lakers are not in the playoffs. Yes. We just want to just throw that out there. Gotta throw I, think, that out there. I think we talked about that last Thursday too. And we just have to, and they fired their coach today. Saw that. Yep. They fired their coach. Of course, you know, the coach is going to take the heat for the, the, the decisions they let LeBron James make. Yeah. And that's what it came down to. Yep. Um, and what was the thing I, I read? Was it? The owner, please tell me. The, I saw that. I think it's the owner's name, and she has like a weird name. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, I'm not saying she's weird, but I'm just saying the name is very. So it's very different. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a cartoon name. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but she did not fire him earlier in the year because she said you're going to suffer for the decisions that LeBron James made by getting was it Westbrook. Uh, yeah, getting Westbrook, getting Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony, um, you know, and then Anthony Davis is my brother said it best. I talked to him earlier and he said, uh, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis has knees like peanut brittle. (laughs) 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 He said, he said, Anthony Davis has knees like peanut brittle. Russell Westbrook was never any good. Carmelo was never any good. Uh, and LeBron's just up there in years. And it's like, here's the thing, though. I, that That is not an excuse. Because no, not. you cannot come out and say, I'm the greatest basketball player in the world. And then not step up when your team needs you to step up. Exactly. And then true, it was their fault. <laughs> yeah, it's all their fault. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I'd be very surprised if he was in L.A. next year. Um, and Carmelo, I think his best year was actually at Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. his best year was in college. Yeah, yeah. He, he was definitely a draft bust. I mean, and they he went higher than Dwayne Wade did in the draft. Mm. Oh, and in other actual wrestling news, um, yeah, I went – I was not able to go to Chillicothe – uh, this past Saturday because my son was sick. Uh, he would, he was probably over, you know, the contagious part of it, but he was still kind of feeling the, so, yeah. you know, he decided he didn't want to go. And then my nephew was also supposed to go. He and, and his mom also decided that he wasn't going to go because he, you know, he, he had also been sick. Right. Um, and so didn't go to Chillicothe. I did go to the NWF event there in Mount Orb though. Um, I have not missed one yet. I, unfortunately, I probably will miss it next month. Mm-hmm. They're having a cage match. Tiny Tim and yeah. Alex Aiden. 
what is it the uh thunder is or calling it thunderdome or no thunderdome is actually a totally separate event that, that's oh, okay be held in yeah covington okay um, okay now this is just a straight up cage match tiny tim and alex hayden because alex hayden uh, keeps yeah um, keeps taking a walk yeah um and it's on may 14th saturday night our anniversary is may 15th <laughs> Yeah, you're not making that show, buddy. <laughs> she's, already, she's already told me, you ain't watching wrestling on our anniversary. I'm like, but it's a tiny Tim, Kate, Cage. He's our friend. He's going to be a cage. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be in a cage if you don't. Uh... <laughs> Very true. So, you mess up that anniversary. <laughs> uh, so um, I'll, I will probably, unfortunately, have to miss that one. You know, um, but, you know, pretty pretty decent night. Um, the other night, Noah did not win the title. He came close. Yeah, I saw his post on Twitter that he said he came up a little short. Yep. Um, he got smacked upside the head with a shoe. Um, okay. Anika's shoe, Chris Demise is the one who smacked him upside the head. That'll do it. <laughs> yep. Um, and, you know, uh, Nikki Victory beat Joshua. Cool. I mean, clean. Um, Andrew Reed actually came out and was like talking trash and she was on the top rope, like going to do a body press on Joshua. She turned around and did it on Andrew Reed when he was outside the ring. Oh, wow. Yeah. Kimba body slammed DC. Really? Yes. Wow. And then afterwards I was talking to him and man, he was, he was like, like, <laughs> like legit holding his back. And I was like, how's he's like, yeah, he said it hurts. <laughs> so I'm like, I can imagine. Uh, but yeah, he got DC up and boop. Man, um, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, and Randy was, you know, our buddy Randy was sitting right beside mm-hmm. me and we, we were both, it was like, whoa. And <laughs> yeah, but, um, but of course, on May 28th is that's Memorial Day weekend. And that's when they're having the Revolution Rising. Okay. Yep. Um, and we still need to get our sponsorship for it because mm-hmm. um, my wife, she probably is going to do it with her travel agent. I don't know if we're going to do it for the podcast or not because, I, you know, we're, our money got hit kind of tight because my car is still in the shop. Still? Still. Oh, they had it. They got it running the other day, and then all of a sudden it kept um, stalling. So they're trying to figure out what's causing that. I'm like, well, that's on y'all because – that wasn't part of the issue when I brought it in. Yeah, it wasn't doing that when. Yeah, and you took the engine apart and you put it back together. So, yeah, that's. So I need you. you to figure that out. Yeah, and I need you to figure that quickly so we can sell the car. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I mean, I you know that's all we need them to fix it and get it running so I can sell it. Yeah, you know, so we're traded in actually, but uh, but anyway, um, so if anybody would ever like to uh, get a hold of us, you know, and email us about their car problems. Or any, any other kind of problems they're having, or if they'd like to advertise on the show, because we've actually had a couple of potential advertisers and nothing's happened yet, but we're working on it. Yeah. Um, and but if you'd like to just email us, uh, email us at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchair booking podcast. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram, also at Armchair Booking Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Booking Armchair. You can find us on TikTok. I don't know why, because it's not like I've done a video in a couple <laughs> months, but, you can, but we are on TikTok at Armchair Booking Podcast. Uh, you can find us obviously on YouTube if you're watching it. If you're listening on audio, we're on that audio platform, along with many others. We're on just about every, every kind of audio platform that you can find. Uh, if we're not on there, let us know. We'll get ourselves added. 
Uh, a lot of times you just do a Google search and yeah, you know, just for armchair booking and boom, there we are. Um, and we are also, last but not least, obviously hosted by Blog Talk Radio. Uh, if you want to get a hold of Dwaylon, just uh, tweet him at fat underscore daddy seven three. And yeah, I actually, I don't, my Twitter handle, I just don't put it up there <laughs> because, <laughs> um, you know, because uh, mine's a little bit too political, you know, well, and I don't even really post, I just, all I do is just retweet on there anymore, mm-hmm. so I don't even really do much. Um, and, that, and actually a lot of stuff I don't retweet because I'm like, no, 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 but I do more on my, um, on my, on the podcast Twitter than what mm-hmm. I do my personal Twitter. Right. No. So, um, and did I forget anything? No, I think you got it. Got it. All right. Cool. So, all right. Triple H, H H Holmes. That's a different <laughs> Triple H. That's a different Triple H. Completely different Triple H. Completely different. Yeah. Uh, killer in another kind of way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. When I was looking up stuff, I hit Triple H, and I was one of the first things that popped <laughs> up. And I was like, "All right, I got to use that." Uh, but yes, Paul Michael Levesque, born July 27, 1969. So like I say, he was a senior when we were freshmen. Yeah. Uh, and, <coughs> you know, the first time I remember seeing him, you know, and this was before he was Triple H, the game, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was after Terra Rising. See, the first time I remember seeing him was Terra Rising. And I'm like... That is a terrible name, and it's not going to work. It's not going to last long. And it didn't. No. Um, I mean, but he had the big 80s Ric Flair hair. and Oh, yeah. I mean, nice, long, blonde. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like one of those things the 80s called them with their hair back yeah. type of thing. And I, But the, when I first saw him, he was going by the name Jean-Paul Levesque. Yes, he was a protege of... Uh, William Regal. Well, it was Lord Stephen Regal and right. WCW, but yeah, he was a protege of Regal's. And it was, I, I want to say they called it an international match and it was him and Rob Van Dam, who was supposed to be from Germany. Oh yeah. 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 On one of their pay-per-views or. Well, yeah. Cause they were playing off of the, you know, Jean-Claude Van Dam with, right. with RVD. Yeah. Yeah, the international match. It's like for every for every good thing WCW did, there was there was things like that that was just like Lord. <laughs> they had him speaking with a French accent. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't, yeah. you know, and you know, maybe he could have learned a little bit living in New Hampshire, kind of near Canada, but I don't know. I mean, the accents don't seem to carry over that no. Um but you know, of course he played like the blue blood kind mm-hmm. of snobby yeah. type i mean and yeah. he definitely has the nose for it <laughs> you know, i mean that dude's nose has a nose i mean and then i saw him in that one match and then later on all of a sudden i saw him in wwf playing kind of the same character yeah just um, the outfit was different he had more of the the polo type right. horse riding type gear than he did the you know the uppity, you know, the stuffy type gear that he with the with robes the, and everything with with the dicky and yeah, with the dicky uh, and the and the formal robes and everything. Yeah, um, but 
I was like, okay, that's the same dude. Okay, he's not French because now he's speaking, you know, with a, an American accent. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to be the the posh snob. Yeah. But I always liked his in-ring work even back then. Yeah, it was always good. I mean, he was, you could tell with some more work, he had that potential. You could see mm -hmm. the potential there that he, you know, maybe there's something here. It's like, no, I don't think anybody could have known he would have gotten as good as he was. Yeah. As he became. But yeah, the potential was always there. You know, he always had good matches. And then, you know, even, you know, Sable was his valet like early on before she started, you know, before they started pushing her and she, they had her more with Mark Merrow and things like that. She was one of his valets at, at the time. And then, but, uh, things kind of turned, things kind of turned around for him in a way. The curtain call was honestly like the best thing that happened to him, even though at the time, at the time he got, at the time he was the one who took the punishment because anybody who doesn't know what the curtain call is, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were leaving. They had a show in Madison Square Garden, and they had uh, Scott Hall was wrestling Triple H, and Kevin Nash was wrestling Shawn Michaels in a cage. And at the end of the night, everybody climbed in the cage and hugged and said goodbye. Well, because, you know, because Hall and Nash were leaving. Of course, that was a big no-no because that was when kayfabe was still a thing mm -hmm. and heavily enforced. And so you have Hall and Nash leaving. You have Shawn Michaels as the world champion. The only one left to punish was Triple H. So Triple H got punished. He lost his King of the Ring win because the win that Austin got was, was supposed to be was supposed to be Triple H's. Yep. Triple H would go on and win it the next year, but he was supposed to win the he was supposed to win it in '96. Um, he lost every match he was in for like four or five months in a row. Like, I don't think he won a match in that time period. He was on, wasn't even on the main pay-per-view cards. He was always in the, back then they called it the free for all before right. the pay-per-view. Um, he lost a hog pin match to um, Henry Godwin. At the rumble. At the rumble. Yeah. They yep. had, they, and they were in the free for all and he yep. lost the hog pin match. And, and then he got buried by the warrior. Yeah, the warrior uh, at, no at sold Mania. the pedigree. Yeah, yep. just no sold the pedigree. And it's like, for a move that would become one of the most protective moves in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. At that time, yeah. He was he got buried. But in the end, it put more, I feel like, it put more spotlight on him because it, two guys were gone. Sean was the world champion, but everybody was like, well, this is the guy that got punished. So let me keep an eye on him and see how he handles this. And I feel like he handled it very well. I feel like he took his lumps and came out the other side. Wasn't that the Royal Rumble also where, uh, because he lost, um, I'm looking up as we're talking about it, um, because he lost that Hawkman match, he had to be the first entry. Yes. Yep. You're okay. right. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whoever, yeah Nash, think... Nash was still Nash was still there, but yeah. even though he was still on his way out. Yeah. Um, 
because I just remember during a match, Nash all of a sudden reached over, grabbed Triple H by one arm and just thrunk, mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of just tossed him out of the ring like he was yeah. a sack of garbage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that curtain call and it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been as bad had there not been somebody in the audience recording. Recording. Yeah. You have a ghost in your in your room. I saw the door going. Do you want to say hi real quick? Hi, Avi. Say hi. You want to sit in my lap? Do you know what we're talking about? What are we talking about? You don't know. (laughs) All right, go. Go see your sister. Huh? No, go in there. No, you can sit in. You can come in here when I'm done. Go. Go get them and go go in your room. (laughs) I just saw the door going. Yeah, I saw it. I was, I was like, and I didn't see, I didn't see a body. I'm like, it's Abby. Yeah, gotta be Abby. All right, you got your babies. Sorry, guys, she's got like six six babies in my bed. So, you got them. All right, girly, hurry up. I'm kind of I'm kind of in the middle of something here. I'm not going to spend the whole podcast arguing with you, girl. Go. Okay. Hurry up. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, right. just... yeah we'll just talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, um, but yeah, somebody was in the audience filming. And you got to think about this. This is before everybody had these. Yeah, it was before smartphones, and it's like so. Somebody was in there with probably know, like a, a little one of the early digital cameras. Yeah, you know, um, and all of a sudden the the footage went out, and yep. Vince was not happy because yeah, yeah. They said they had cleared it through him, but uh, but they also kind of went overboard, I guess, with the four of them. Um, yeah, yeah. Which I I could see them just being like. Oh, Vince will be fine with it. We'll just go ahead and do it. And it's like he was not fine with it. But but no, he was not fine with it at all. No. In fact, he punched a squirrel when he found out. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and people were like, "Oh, they ki- they just killed the business and blah blah blah." Actually, no. they didn't. It's like really, I feel like the curtain call was the catalyst for a lot of change in the way wrestling was presented and the way you know. Oh, well, Vince had already came out seven years before that and said, by the way, it's a work. And he did it because of the insurance reasons. Yeah. So for them to maintain kayfabe. Yeah. I mean, I get it to a certain point, but at the same time, most people know what's up. Yeah. Now, so, but I mean, then again, there's independent, you know, indie, um, organizations who also they still try to have their guys maintain and guys and girls maintain kayfabe Um, i just feel like in the you know in the digital age it's just hard to really you know with the rise of social media it's just hard to keep kayfabe in place because information is so readily accessible that you know 
even if you try to keep stuff under wraps, it still gets out. Right. And, you know, and, and even before social media, even before really almost like media um, with the magazines. Right. You, you know, right. because they were reporting on all the, the different organizations around the world, you know, mostly around the U.S. and Canada. But um, you would see, you know, they uh, I don't know why I remember one of those old magazines. Um, Pampero Furpo. Pampero Furpo. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. He was the one who Randy Savage modeled himself. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, he looked like Brody and, you know, and Savage mm-hmm. modeled his speech after him. Yeah. Um, he was one he doesn't get enough play either, you know. Right. But there was an article and it was talking about the three match series he had against the Sheik, you know, the original Sheik, you know, flamethrower mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. And the manager of the Sheik was, um, the grand wizard well the grand wizard had another ego like i, I think he called himself abdullah farouk mm-hmm. and in another territory he managed pampero furpo the same right. guy he's managing the sheik against and the magazine actually talked about that and said how can you manage it? he's like because when you're as talented as i am you can you know yeah let me shut uh, this door real quick oh you're fine got all six of her dolls and then should their hands were too full to shut the door <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad you're wearing pants this time yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <coughs> um but yeah even today and i'm not i'm not going to mention who it is mm-hmm. um you know but in one company they're against each other a couple other companies they're a tag team yeah you know, which I mean, nothing wrong with it, uh, right. but I mean, it's like kayfabe really isn't that big of a thing, no. you know, anymore. Um, no, I do agree, man. Yeah, we need to keep you still need to have faces and heels. I mean, I'll always think that mm-hmm. uh, because it just adds to the intrigue of the matches, right? Um, but yeah, with Triple H, with him, you know, being part of the curtain call. Yeah, and him taking the, the brunt of the punishment for it. And he did. I mean, he, he took it like a boss. I mean, he's like, yeah. you know what? Yeah. You know, uh, and Sean at the time, of course, we're finding out years later, Sean was not the um, greatest of people. Yeah, um, Sean was not in a, you know, they always say Sean was not in a good place. I mean, Sean Mox is my favorite wrestler of all time. But during the mid-90s, Sean was a spoiled brat who threw a oh, yeah. if he didn't get his way. Um the problem was Sean was Sean was phenomenal back then mm-hmm. and he knew it and he knew he could get away with stuff because he was that good. And he did. I mean, he would, and he did because that, that he was for a while, he was Vince's meal ticket, you know, yep. and Vince was not going to seriously reprimand Sean Michaels for anything that would take him off the card for an extended period of time. Yep. Um, it's kind of like weird comparison. Kind of like Emmett Smith. I don't know if you ever heard this story where um, Jimmy Johnson walked in, you know, they're supposed to be watching film, walks into a lineman and who's asleep. And he said, you, you're out of here. You know, you need to wait, get your stuff, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Hey, Emmett, you need to wake up too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, because Emmett was a star and yeah. that was your money. So you weren't going to, I mean, the Cowboys were not going to keep Emmett Smith off the field. No. That just wasn't going to happen. I mean, he, unless he was hurt, he was playing. Yep. Of course, I still liked it when they gave the ball to Moose. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but so Triple H, when he, he, he came back from, like you said, he won the King of the Ring the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the things about the Attitude Era, which actually kind of helped him, was um, they decided, you know, you know what? Um, we're going to go with, you know, this look of just jacked up muscle type. Yeah. And that, and see, he was a bodybuilder even when he was in mm-hmm. high school. Yep. And, you know, then he got himself hooked up with a bodybuilding woman, mm-hmm. Tony Lara, also known as China. Yeah. He, uh, interesting thing I read in the magazine a long time ago that he said that, um, his metabolism was so high that he, he, he had to eat just to put on any kind of real weight. He had to eat just ridiculous amounts of protein. Yeah to to put on any mass because he's like anything he ate he just burned it off so quick he's like especially working out you know he's like i'd burn off everything so i had to eat like so much protein to put on weight and but i mean he did develop a great physique like yeah i'd say especially in the year 2000 i'd probably say he had the best physique in wrestling and he and it's not like he, you know, didn't have any, you know, muscle before. Right. But it's just, when he got just, just yeah. super jacked. It's like when, he, it's like when he started calling himself the game and he got away from the corporate ministry and all that stuff there. Right. You know, then it was like, you could tell he was just, he was really coming into his own, especially like the night after SummerSlam 99, when he beat, um, when he beat Mick Foley for the world title, it's like you could tell he had finally, you know, arrived. He was scheduled to win that at SummerSlam 99, but rumor has it that Austin didn't think he was ready for it. So Austin pretty much, what they're saying is Austin pretty much refused to drop the title to him. That's why Mick Foley was added to the match because Austin was willing to drop the title to Foley because Foley would be willing to do the job to Triple H the next time. Um, I just now read one of his classmates besides China mm-hmm. was Perry Saturn. I think I, I think I read that yeah. somewhere. I I, uh, I mean I probably read it before, but didn't even think about it. I mean I was like, oh, how about that? Yeah. And he actually, a lot of people forget about this. He actually legitimately hurt somebody with the pedigree. Oh um, yeah. He's- he spiked that guy. I remember that guy named Marty Garner. Uh, Marty Garner. As soon as I saw the name, I was like, "That name sounds extremely familiar," and <coughs> not, uh, and not from wrestling. Um, and I looked, and yeah, sure enough, he's from Moore County, North Carolina. He trained with the Hardys. Oh, okay. And the name Garner is actually a pretty common name in that area. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, my, yeah, so my dad probably knows him. Actually, you know what? I think my dad does know him because I think I looked him up one day on Facebook. Um, yeah, the uh, the original pedigree was like a high-angle pile driver. Yeah. But it spiked that guy. Like, that guy came down right on the top of his head. And, and that, so... Wasn't that when they 
they told him to let go of their arms because yes. holding yeah. their arms back, I mean, they couldn't yeah. protect themselves. Yeah, they told him to let go of the arms, and they told I think they told the guys to like lay out flat instead of you know doing the angle. And I think really, I mean, it's a lot safer that way. It actually it looks better because I mean he could hit the pedigree on just about anybody, but that yep. high angled pile driver wasn't going to get hit. He couldn't hit everybody with it. No. Um, now I always liked the move. Yeah. You know, I always um, liked the move, but I, I just, I never thought it was for wrestling. I never thought it was really practical because it wasn't something he could apply to everybody. And especially during the mid nineties, it wasn't like how it is now where guys will have a variety of moves that they use to finish a match. Then it was one move and it's like that had to be applied to everybody. So you've got a bigger, you know, you got a 350 pound guy that you're trying to do this elevated, this high angle pile driver yeah. to. Yeah. That's not going to work out well. No. And, uh, and I'm, now Rollins, he's done the move. Uh, somebody else, I thought, in AEW actually. Rollins did it. Cody has done it. Okay, as, yes, as, that's right. Yeah, as a little little jab. <laughs> yeah, he's done the he's done the pedigree, but nobody does it like you know Triple H does it. And one of the things about Triple H, and I'll I'll have to um have to really find uh, if if there's some footage of me being wrong about this. I never saw him take a backdrop. Uh, never mind. One time yeah, I have I one have. time and it was the damn, excuse me, the, <laughs> the hog slop match or whatever it was because he got, Oh yeah. yeah he, into he got the, backdropped into it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen him take a backdrop a few times, not a ton, but I've seen him take it a few. Yeah. Because usually, you know, if they go down for the backdrop, he, comes up he's got a one hand on the back of their neck and he comes up with the knee and just bam. yeah yep and i was like i've always thought it's like okay that's a cool counter for that yeah that harley race high knee yeah yeah because yeah it was a harley yep. race thing yep and the way triple h did that his knee drops always reminded me of flair mm -hmm. um he definitely wore his influences on his sleeve oh yeah he you could definitely tell especially like uh even that time during the uh the reign of terror where he had the mutton chops like yeah. Harley. Um, but yeah, you could tell Harley race and Ric Flair were his influences. And you know, when you I go, mean, you can't, I mean, you can't go wrong with either one. So, um, and you know, when you go through his, you know, some of the stuff he did in WWE, because once he got to the WWF at the time, mm -hmm. he never left. Mm -mm. Nope. You know, so never I mean, he, you know, and of course, granted, moving in with the boss's daughter and later marrying her and having three kids with her. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that doesn't hurt your situation, but no. Um, but you know, a lot of people will, will us included. I mean, cause I know we both gave it in flat, you know, I made our opinions known about, yeah, he's related, you know, he married into the family. So yeah, he's an executive, mm -hmm. but I think he could have become an executive anyway. Well, yeah, because he's got, you know, I, and I have given him flack for marrying into that position, so to speak. But the man has an amazing mind for wrestling, and he has that that old school mind for wrestling that, yeah. you know, where, you know, you could tell he grew up watching Mid-South and 
Jim Crockett promotions and, you know, Memphis and, you know, all the old school. Cause you look at what he did with NXT. NXT had that mm-hmm. old school, you know, it had, it was like a perfect blend of modern day wrestling with that old school grimy twist to it. Yeah. And, um, even turning the lights down in the arena where the yes, where, I, I'm a big fan of that. Where it was the lighting was just on the ring and the performers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you may want to get like the first couple rows, but yeah. that's about it. Yeah. I don't want to see the audience out there playing with a the beach ball. Yeah. And, and yeah. Ne- neither does Cesaro because he'll go out there and he'll get that beach ball. It just tears hurt. <laughs> um but when you know, they talk about, you know, his mind for the game because he loves the business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're talking about like what he did with NXT. And one of the things, um, I read this in Shawn Michaels' book, that when the Montreal Screwjob happened mm-hmm. and, you know, Shawn was talking about, you know, well, Brett doesn't want to lose the title and da-da-da, you know, he's not in Canada. He'll sort of give it to me the next night. Triple H was the one who said, that's a bunch of BS. Yeah. You know, yep. he said he needs to do business just like everybody else. Yep. And because you know, Triple H, I mean, he's another one. Yes, I will be critical of the fact that, you know, he has the longest matches on WrestleMania for quite a few years straight, even though. Yeah, the longest matches, the most elaborate entrances, you know, yeah. things like that. But, I mean, you can't take away from. When Triple H was on, he was on. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was times you could tell he was either injured or, you know, just there was some times during that reign of terror where he was just kind of, seemed like he was just kind of phoning it in. But right. Um, but when he was on, he he was one of the best. Oh, absolutely. And the one goofy thing, because I remember my wife and I were watching it when it happened was when he went through the drive through chapel. Oh my God. That I remember that. And it's like, I thought that was goofy then. And now that I'm much older, it's like, you just want to slap him for doing it. I just want to slap him for doing it. Cause dude, that's, that's, <laughs> like, that's just scuzzy behavior, dude. Yeah. It's like, that's just nasty. It's like, you can't be doing that. Um, and you know, but I never questioned his ability in the ring, but things like that, I'm like, yeah. You know, and the man is tough. You got to be tough to tear your quad and then say, yeah, put me in that, you know, that Boston Crab move, the one that puts a lot of pressure on the quad. Yeah, put me in that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was the next spot in the match. If, if you don't know what we're talking about, it was, um, it was an episode of Raw in 2001. It was, um, Triple H and Steve Austin were the tag team champions. They were defending against Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho. Triple H planted his foot to break up a submission and just blew his quadricep muscle completely. He's right off the bone. Yeah, right off the bone. He said it felt like somebody had hit him with a hot bat and he literally felt his quad roll up his leg. Ah. And um, but the next spot. After that, they were outside the ring. The next spot was to do the walls of Jericho on the table. And Triple H told Jericho to go ahead and do it. And Jericho's like, 
you just tore your quad. We don't need to do that. And he's like, we got to finish this. You know, yeah. there's, you know, pretty much he was like, you know, there's still business to be done. We got to finish this. So do the spot. I, I'll admit it. I couldn't have done it. I'd have just sat there and cried. I'd have just laid there, curled <laughs> on the ground, holding my leg, like, no. throw that X like the yeah. referees do. Come get me. Yeah. You know, the referee don't throw the X. I'll be throwing it myself. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh, and, and not just once. He did it again <laughs> later yeah. on. He did it again in a match with uh, him and Shawn Michaels against Edge and Randy Orton. Uh, New Year's Revolution. Can't remember the year. But, yeah, he tore his quad in that match and finished that match, too. And I was just not thinking about the first time he did it. They played um, the part, of course, after the match is over, and he's being helped out of the ring. And, of course, mm-hmm. Stephanie's behind him. I mean, and the look on her face was legitimate you oh, know, yeah. concern. Yeah. Um, and they played that as part of the My Sacrifice video. Yeah. And then, yeah, when Creed, when mm-hmm. they came out with that song. and um, Yeah. And, yeah, that was – they're like, yeah, don't do this one because they, they showed that when they showed where Austin had that big old cut across mm-hmm. his back i don't remember yeah. how he did but i just remember he hit something and just sliced his back open and, yeah um triple um, triple h also wrestled um the rock at SummerSlam 98 in a ladder match with a blown out knee and and it kept on going kept on going kept on going and it takes a genetic heart ailment to take him yep. out mm-hmm. he said he said in the interview that he had with Stephen A. Smith that he still has a defibrillator. Yeah, in his chest. He, has a, he has a defib. So yep. he's like, I can't wrestle anymore. You know, mm-hmm. he, he said, not that he, you know, he, so he can't be like, you know, so there's, I'm not wrestling. Okay, I'm back. Okay, I'm gone. Yeah. Okay, I'm, but no, he can't. I mean, no, he yeah. can't have, he can't have like a one off match or anything like that. He can't, you know, his life would literally be on the line. And you know, he's going to the Hall of Fame next year. He's got to. I was yeah. going to, I was I meant to message you about that and be like if they if Triple H is not the headliner for the Hall of Fame next year, then I don't know what they're doing because this this is the perfect opportunity to put him in and he's no longer going to be an active competitor because I'm not a fan of people going in the Hall of Fame that are still active. Right. I'm not a fan of people going into the Hall of Fame and then coming back years later and are active. It's like once you go in the Hall of Fame, that's that's oh, you're the done. Cap. That's the yeah. cap on the career. That's it. If you decide you want to come back after you're in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. like give give us a ring. Give us the yeah. ring. You get it back when you're you done. You get it back when you're done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, but out of all the things what we're talking we did, about is one of these, which I have a replica of. See? <laughs> yeah, you know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, people. Yep. He's got the Hall of Fame ring. I've got the 10 pounds of gold. Yep. And so, and it's probably a good thing I didn't go to Chillicothe this past weekend. You just spent more money than you I, needed. I would have got it. I'll probably, yeah. And I actually told Tawana that too. Uh, so, yeah, it's probably a good thing I didn't go because I would have spent <laughs> a lot more money than um, because Rock and Roll Express was there. Sergeant Slaughter was there. Tony Atlas, Hacksaw Duggan, mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam, because Riley Matthews, she got a picture of her in Rob Van Dam. I saw that on um, on Facebook. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, had, you know, I've been talking to her about her coming back on the show. She said she would absolutely love to. Awesome. Uh, she beat Big Mama for 
that title that Big Mama just oh. won last. Yeah, Riley. Oh, Vanderbilt. okay. I Apparently saw her with the belt, and I didn't. I didn't yeah. realize that that was the belt that Big Mama had. Made her tap. Really? Yes. Uh, wow. One of Riley's moves is the um, the octopus. Okay. Okay. Yeah, which is uh, you don't really see it much outside of Japan, Mm-mm. but when you see people hooking on there, I mean, it's it's like one of those. It just looks like just yeah, yeah, like painful, but you can't move, and you might as well just tap because yeah, you, you can't move anyway. The only people that I've seen do it in the states, um, I've seen you know, of course, Tajiri, of course, you yeah. Know, Jerry did it, and I've seen Jonathan Gresham use it. Even his nickname okay. is the Octopus, and it it looks like a really weird abdominal stretch, mm-hmm. and and kind of except for you're hooking, not you're hooking. Well, your opposite leg with theirs, like like I would hook my right leg inside your left leg, mm-hmm. and then uh, curl over that hook the arm, but then you'd also have your left leg over their head, right, and. It was one of them games, you know, if you ever saw the, the Tecmo wrestling game, mm-hmm. um, that yeah. was one of the best wrestling games on Nintendo, probably the best wrestling game on Nintendo, even better yeah. than that one where, you, you know, you always played Starman. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think it was just called Pro Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I was always Starman just because, you know, you go, you know, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, she beat Big Mama for that belt, you know, so, uh, but yeah, hopefully get Riley on here, you know, again, so. Uh, because you missed the last one, and yeah, she's just a you know just a great person, and she's going places. I actually talked to uh, some of the wrestlers at Mount Orb uh, on Saturday, you know, and of course she was up in Chillicothe when all when mm-hmm. you know all the titles, and a couple people talked about her like, oh yeah, they're like she is definitely going places. Oh yeah, yeah, because I mean she has a good attitude, good work ethic. I mean, and uh, she de- she's developed her character. I mean, she's just so into it. So, um, and which is always a good thing. So, but yeah, hopefully we'll get on the show yeah. here soon. So, um, you know, cause she, uh, you know, and she's only 19. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to triple H, <laughs> um, and you think about it with triple H, he's been part of the corporation. He's been part of Degeneration generation X. He's been part of, um, the one with uh, Flair and Orton. Uh, Evolution. Evolution. He's been the authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he stood in as part of the Shield when they mm-hmm. were overseas because uh, somebody was hurt. Yeah, I can't remember. Can't remember. Who, is was it Roman? Was Roman out? Because um, yeah. you know what? I think that's when when he had just announced he had. Um, yeah. Uh, but then again, the night he announced he had leukemia, they they split them all up. Yeah, it was the exact same night. Uh, so maybe it was when Seth got hurt. Might have been. Yeah, because I mean, Seth, he uh, talk about you know hurting well, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like. Rrr. Um, but I think when when he started doing a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, and you can kind of tell the stuff that has his stamp on it because it is more of an old school feel mm-hmm. yep. you know like you said nxt i mean he develops he develops them as wrestlers he doesn't build a character he builds wrestlers yeah and he lets them he lets them bring what they did on the indies he let them bring that to nxt because that's what got them noticed in the first place 
Mm-hmm. He didn't change anything. Like Keith Lee comes in, they didn't. He didn't change anything about Keith Lee or Adam Cole or Gargano or Champa or anybody that came in to NXT. He didn't change anything about them. He just helped kind of develop them to the WWE style. But you could still tell they were still allowed to be who they always were. One question though, because I think we we've actually talked about this before. The angle he had going on with Booker T. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the promos, I'm pretty sure you know the promo I'm talking about. You know where he said some things about Booker T. or to Booker T. that I felt uncomfortable just listening to it. Yes, I was like talking about the uh, talking about Booker T.'s nappy hair and said people like. Uh, people like you and it wasn't it wasn't so much exactly what he said but it was how he said it and it was like mm, i know, feel like you know it, if he would have just said you know um because you know you come from the wrong side of tracks or you know this your background you're not as good as us who are like exactly if he you know, just white brought collar up, say okay you've done you know everybody knows booker t went to prison when he was younger right you no know? If they had just used that as the basis and been like, well, you don't deserve to be champion because, you know, you've been to prison and you, you know, like you said, wrong side of the track. It's something you could use against. Exactly. But But as soon as you said the nappy hair and I'm like. The nappy hair um, and he's like, people like you don't deserve to be in the ring with people like me and people like you don't, you know, people like you will never be world champion. It's like. It had a very it, it was, racial connotation to it. And right. it's like, mm-mm. I was, I did not like that storyline at all. I also didn't like the fact that Booker T didn't win the title at WrestleMania 19 because the way the story was built, he should have won. That's mm-hmm. what made sense. And Triple H took 23 seconds to finally pin him. To finally pin him after a pedigree. And it, it buried Booker T for oh, yeah. no reason. Yeah, it took uh, you know it still it took three more years before Booker T got his hands on a world title. God. Yeah, because I think that was two thousand three, and mm-hmm. then it was two thousand six before Booker T won the world heavyweight title. When then that's when he was King Booker, King, King Booker. Booker. I still like the fight. The fight. <laughs> he he could have won that thing eighteen times. Yeah, and I still the fight. <laughs> uh, but I, and I don't think that was Triple H writing that. Because oh, he, I'm sure he, I'm sure it wasn't. But uh, it's but it was like, just, why would they go down? Why would you go down? Yeah, why would you go down that path? And it's like, I guess it. I don't know because if it was me, I'd been like, I'm not saying that. Um, can we just read? Can we rewrite this to where? I don't come off as a racist because I mean that's how it came off. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it, it like, was <clears throat> uh, yeah. not not the worst promo I've ever heard. You know, when it comes yeah. to stuff like that. Um, yeah, actually, I think Mr. Hughes, the stuff he was saying last month in Chillicothe was pretty bad. When I had to, um, my son, he was like, "What is that?" He had never heard that before, <laughs> and so I was like. <clears throat> I'm not going to say what it was that he said. Yeah. But I'm like, it's a term, is a racial term. I said, don't you ever say that. Yeah. 
He's yeah. like, oh, he's like, because hey, he was wondering why everybody was like, oh! you know, when he said it, it was like, then he said it again. And yeah. I was like, okay, um, no, the worst one that I've heard, and um, well, actually, besides Booker himself, accidentally come across and come calling Hulk Hogan a name. <laughs> that one was just funny, to be honest. That one still cracks me up. <laughs> Every time I see it, it cracks me up. Yeah, he just, he Especially the fact that Stevie Ray just went on with his mm-hmm. part of the promo like it was nothing. And Booker T's like, oh my God, I've and just And Sherry my was career. like this. Yeah. Yeah, Sherry's like, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's an old <clears throat> promo, and this is from probably around like 82 or so, maybe 83. Greg Valentine was going against Junkyard Dog. And mm. I, I mean, it was, he, he called him like filthy greasy black person the way he did it is like it's almost like he was trying to be racist but he didn't know how so it's like somebody must be writing this for him yeah it's like he was trying but it's like i don't know i'm not racist so it's like i don't know exactly what i'm supposed to say right and uh, and uh, oddly enough you know you look you find some old old pictures of greg valentine when he first started in the business Mm-hmm. Uh, when when he was known, um, he was aligned with the Fargos because they didn't want him. He did they his dad didn't want him coming in um, using the Valentine name because well his dad was kind of a jerk first of all, mm-hmm. um, but he had him with the Fargos. I want to say he was kind of Don Fargo, um, hmm. but they wore like wristbands with swastikas on them. Oh, this is in the early seventies. I mean, it was. Uh. And and this was back when they had like Nazi exploitation films. Yeah, you know, so it was kind of in that era. So I, weirdly enough, uh, they were kind of cashing in on that, even though it was still in really, really. They were looking Forte. at oh, they're they're bad guys. It's like, yeah, but um, that's a there, little. There's a bad guy, and then there's a Nazi. There's, there's a a two Nazi. different, yeah, you two know, different things. Um. I was going to say, I don't even know if this would be worse or right along the same lines or, but yeah, why don't you just put them in hoods and, and robes and have them walk in there. Just. Yeah. I mean, it's equivalent to the same thing. I yeah, mean, exactly. You know, um, you say, if you're going for the ultimate bad guy, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you know, if, if I ever find that one, I'll have to send it to you mm-hmm. because it may make you go. What? I'm glad. I'm glad for the most part that wrestling has moved away from that. Uh, for the yeah, most part, for you the still most find, part, you still find sometimes where it's like, uh, no. But I'm glad that they moved, kind of moved away from the racial stuff. That's why some of the stuff, like even in Attitude Era, they would use that, and it's like, no. Mm, that's yeah. When they had all the the different racial factions. Well, yeah, they had all the different racial factions. They had DX and blackface. That, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's like I never found that funny. And it's like I knew people were like, "Oh my god, did you see that DX segment? It was hilarious." I'm like, it absolutely mm, was not. No, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It's like no. Uh, um, and actually, Triple H was part of that too. He was. He um, was dressed up like The Rock. Yeah, you know, he didn't have to, like, paint his face to dress up like The Rock. No. You know, uh, anyway. 
All right, before we start going out a whole bunch of roads. <laughs> but if you see, actually, uh, Booker T, actually, I mean, he's spoken very highly of Triple Yeah. H, you know, and so has, like, Sasha and a lot of, and, and yeah. Bianca, because you can tell he's really, yeah. you know, helped them out with their careers. Well, even as even as newer stars like um, Nikita Lyons and NXT 2.0, she's like, she's like, without Triple H, I would not be here. I right. would not have I would not have gotten signed without Triple H. And you know, and just to see the stuff that he's done, um, it makes it it's actually kind of a shame that you know now we know why he stepped down mm-hmm. uh, when he did. I mean, it was actually legitimately for health reasons. Yeah. Um, but to think this dude who you saw with the the Farrah hair back in the day. He's now uh, one of the premier players in the game to the fact where he's actually gone to Washington, D.C. to testify, um, mm-hmm. you know, about the industry. I mean, we're talking yeah. like suited up and everything. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. he's a he's a 14-time world champion, five-time intercontinental champion, two-time European champion. Uh, he's won tag titles with Austin and with Shawn Michaels. I mean, he's done. He's won the Royal Rumble. He's main evented WrestleMania. He's won the King of the Ring. You know, he he invented the Elimination Chamber. He did. Yeah, that was really. Him. Yeah. Okay. Story storyline. It was Eric Bischoff. Right. In real life, Triple H wanted to do war games. Vince didn't want to do anything WCW related. So Triple H came up with the Elimination Chamber concept. Which I do like it. I mean I do too. And then and then he managed to bring back war games in NXT. And just I mean, there there was a time like 2002 to like 2004 where Triple H dominated the world title scene and everybody mm-hmm. calls it the reign of terror. You know, there were some good matches, but yeah, he he had a stranglehold on that title when there were times he should have lost it. But I always felt like Triple H always carried himself like a world champion. Yes. Uh, the presentation was always there, whether he was, you know, whether he was wrestling or whether it was just an interview segment or whatever. You could tell that he took that kind of pride in, you know, carrying that responsibility of being the, you know, the focal point at whatever given time. Yeah. I mean, he took it seriously. I mean, he, he took ownership and I had a thought and it just went pew. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say the same thing. He also, he's been on some TV show. He, I remember he was on the show Pacific blue. He was on there for like 10 seconds Uh and he basically, he played himself. Um, But oh, you didn't have to worry about a lot of scandals with him outside the ring either. Uh, mm-hmm. Now there was, you know, the whole thing when he was cheating on China with Stephanie. Yeah, yeah, um, you had that, but like you never had any um, substance abuse issues. He's a like teacher. He, yeah. he didn't do that. Yeah, he he was he's you know straight edge. He, yeah, he he was straight edge with that. I mean, he's a natural teetotaler. I mean, he yeah, um, and which is rare. You know, it's rare for humans. You know, well, adult Kevin, humans. When they, you know, when the, the click 
first formed and Triple H became part of that, Kevin Nash was like, uh, Hunter's driving because, you know, the rest of them partied and Hunter really yeah. didn't party, you know, right. And, and he didn't do any kind of drugs or anything. So, you know, he was like the sober one in the group all the time. And I don't think Nash really did a whole lot as far as he probably drank, but I don't think he really did drugs, but the other three did their fair share. They, they did all the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, yeah. He, so you never had that scandal with him as far as like drug use or anything like that. Even when he had the, the heart issue that ended up, you know, ending his career, it wasn't one of those where people were like, Oh my God, here's another wrestler who's, you know, had a heart attack due to all the hard living that he had done right throughout his career. You didn't have that with triple H. And he did. I'm, I'm pretty sure you saw it on the interview. In fact, I'm reading about it right now. Um, um, he said that, of course, like athletes just have enlarged hearts mm -hmm. a lot of times because, I mean, they're constantly working out. Yep. Your heart is a muscle. Mm hmm And so. The more, the more you work it, the bigger it gets. Yep. Yep. And I was trying to read. I'm going to have to go back and watch that interview again because he was talking about there are certain levels of something. And. I was telling it to Randy, you know, because Randy's actually an EMT. And so he understands mm -hmm. a lot of that terminology, whereas I don't. I just sit there kind of like, duh, you know. <laughs> uh, but I told him, I said, yeah, Triple H said his levels were at 60. Then it was dropped and then dropped. And it was all the way down to 12. And he basically almost died. And Randy's like, do what? And he, and he knew exactly as soon as I said, yeah, these certain levels. And Randy knew exactly what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't want to try to explain this again. Right. Um, but. Yeah, I have a defibrillator in my chest, which, you know, probably not a good idea for me to get zapped on live TV, you yeah. know, and so he's actually playing it smart, too. He's not he he's not living under any kind of a pipe dream where he's going to get back in the ring, despite mm -hmm. his ailment with his heart. Yeah. Um, If you look, Jerry Lawler, I know Jerry Lawler, he's wrestled since his heart attack, uh, but it's very sparingly. Yeah. And he but, doesn't have a defib. Right. But yeah, like you were saying, like, you know, he's, he doesn't have these grand illusions about returning to the ring one day and things like that. And that's how I feel about people who get these legitimate neck injuries, like, like edge. I just feel like it's a risk like edge, you know, I know Daniel Bryan was cleared. He has been phenomenal since he's come back. I just feel like it's still a risk. Sting oh, is yeah. still a risk. Sting is at risk. I mean, he had a serious neck injury. What ended his WWE career? Hate that. And, by the way, the buckle bomb. Yeah, um, Paige hasn't come back yet. People have been on her on Twitter about, well, you know, Daniel Bryan and Edge have made it back, and she's like, and everybody's neck issue is different. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, talking to the doctors, I'm not clear to compete. Maybe one day, but not now. But. I just don't, I think if you get that kind of injury or it's like, just call it a career and do something else. Yeah. Be like uh, Chris Nowitzki with the concussions. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He got it. He's like, Oh, I'm done. Yeah. You know, like, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, of course. I mean, he got his bachelor's in like neuroscience. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, from Harvard. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he did, he's the one who really pushed for that study about CTE and, mm -hmm. you know, when wrestling and he's one to push for Chris Benoit's brain, you know, he studied, yeah, he studied and, 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you get hurt, you know, and Triple H, he's like, yeah, a torn quad, yeah, I'll be back. Oh, yeah, you know, blown knee, quad, I'll, be, I'll back. be back. A defibrillator in my chest, I'll call it a day. <laughs> yep, you know, sold. Yeah, <laughs> and, that that's a wrap. Nope, sorry, can't be wrestling no more. Yeah, and and I think it also said, I know it seems. You know, people look at wrestling and, you know, we know just because we've been wrestling fans mm-hmm. for, you know, 40 some odd years. Yeah. You know, between us, we got almost 100 years of wrestling fandom. If yeah. You think about that. We'll, we'll just say it. We'll just leave it at 90. Yeah. And and so we know people look at they look down on wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when we see a wrestler who has is kind of crossed over into doing other things, you know, like The Rock, like mm-hmm. Cena. Yeah. Um, like who are some of the other ones? Jericho. I mean, doing the stuff with Fozzie. Yeah. Um, but then you have Triple H, um, who, even though he wasn't necessarily performing with them, he became really good friends with Lemmy from Motorhead. Yes. Yep. As the three, well, <clears throat> counting the uh, the Evolution theme song, you know, Triple H has got three different theme songs. Uh, performed by Motorhead. My abs- like my favorite wrestling theme song of all time is "The Game" by Motorhead, mm-hmm. and you know they've perf- they've played him to the ring twice at WrestleMania. They perform the King of Kings. They perform uh, the Evolution song. I mean, that was you know they had a really good friendship. Yeah, and to the fact where when Lemmy died, Triple H actually spoke at his funeral. Mm-hmm. Yep, you know. Um, and when him, The Rock, Big Show, and Foley were on Saturday Night Live the night before their WrestleMania, um, yeah, ACDC was on. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, you saw Angus Young was up on Triple H's shoulders. Yeah, you know. So, uh, and I mean, it's so I've always liked that just because you know I'm, I'm me being uh, predominantly a metalhead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know that. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, to me, I'm like, yeah, mm, horn, horn <laughs> up. You know, so, uh, uh, and I'm also reading, yeah, he's a big friend. He's friends with Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, mm. nah, can't win them all. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he's a supporter of English football team West Ham United. Okay, I mean, I support Norwich, which I'm pretty sure Paige also supports Norwich because that's where mm-hmm. she's from. The North City Football Club on the Ball City. There you go. <laughs> anyway, um, but you know, so I like that when somebody and he's ever, obviously he crossed into politics because, well, sort of because of his position as an executive, a legitimate yeah. executive, yeah, you know, in the company. And so, you know, we've talked about okay, some people can't stand Triple H. I'm like, I get the criticism. I also threw criticism for some of his actions when they've been due. I, you know, at least I felt they were new and you felt they mm-hmm. were new. We both, yep. you know, felt the same way. Uh, but I'd say the, the contributions that he has given to the wrestling world and, and it didn't start from the word go. I mean, he was just this goofy looking dude Yeah. Uh, down in WCW who was playing part of the, the international match. <laughs> yeah. And to look at that and then he was still, you know, I mean, he had muscle, but I mean, he was still just, Skinny looking dude who Kevin Nash just chucked out of the ring like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. To go from that to being 
you know, probably the third or fourth most powerful person in the mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. I mean, and, that's, that's saying a lot. And I mean, look at the matches that, and people are always like, and I've even said this in the past that during, especially during the attitude era that triple H was triple H wasn't the guy, but he was always in the ring with one of the guys. Mm-hmm. But looking back on his career that I've gotten older, you know, in hindsight, Triple H is one of the pillars of the attitude there. Triple yeah. H was one of the reasons that they were so successful. I mean, you have Austin, you've got Rock, you've had Triple H, you had Mick Foley, you had The Undertaker. I mean, the roster was stacked with stars, but Triple H was right up there as one of the main reasons that they were so successful. And Yes, there there are a lot of things he deserves criticism about. I will be the first one to say that. But he has had a Hall of Fame-worthy career. And some of the matches that he has been involved in, the the street fight with Mick Foley at Royal Rumble 2000. Was that Uh, um, the Cactus Jack one? Yes, that was when when Foley was Cactus. Even the build-up to that, Triple H is selling on that, like when – Mick Foley was when mankind was like, told him he was right. You're not somebody else that wants to come. Yeah, and rips his, his shirt open. And, he's and to Triple kick H looks like yeah. Triple H looks no, like he saw no, a ghost. No. <laughs> um, the Hell in a Cell match he had with Cactus Jack the next month at No Way Out. Um, like the Triple Threat match he had with Ben Juan Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 20. Uh, the Hell in a Cell match he had with The Undertaker at WrestleMania 28. Um, just, he's had a a catalog of great matches. Mm-hmm. He's had some really good matches. I mean, there's been some duds, but, I mean, everybody has them. Even Flair had some, some dud matches during his career. But, I mean, he's still got some matches that are fondly looked on to this day. I mean, the that match with Foley from... Royal Rumble was 22 years ago, and it's still one of the best street fights you'll see. And when he brought up the sledgehammer, and one of the things I thought was kind of funny when Pritchard, uh, Bruce Pritchard's actually talking about this, him using the sledgehammer, mm-hmm. um, he said, Now, some of the sledgehammers, he said, were real sledgehammers, you know, mm-hmm. the real, you know, 10 pound trying to swing that thing, yeah. sledgehammer. And he said, Now, those, he said that Hunter would protect his opponent i mean real bad because that's why he always had his hand over over the, the head. head yeah and so he wouldn't wasn't hurting them and, you know they yeah. may have felt a little bit he said now sometimes he'd get like a fake sledgehammer mm-hmm. and those he was swinging it you know about as hard as he could he was actually legitimately hurting people with the fake one <laughs> <laughs> they had to they had to tell him like dude back off yeah <laughs> you know because he's like oh it's not gonna hurt and yeah and that's that's the one he was actually hurting people so. <laughs> I always thought that was just kind of funny. Oh, and wow. And speaking of funny, didn't mention this earlier. Didn't mention the other podcast we've got to give a shout out to. You know, obviously, yep. uh, TNC Sports Talk. Yep. You know, Jay and Trey. Uh, they had Noah Gabriel on there the other day, like I mentioned. Noah got the shirt. <laughs> you know, another great show they had with him. And Justin and I, we've actually talked about doing a, a collaboration you know, like maybe we could all, you know, we could be broadcasting, they could be broadcasting on the same, or they'd be broadcasting live, but we'd be recording them on our show. So we could also, uh, oh, okay. 
Okay. No, um, they've talked about another kind of a collaboration, maybe doing at one of the events, mm-hmm. you know, um, which they would have to actually, they'd have to clear it through Roger first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because I mean, it is still, you know, his show. Yeah. Uh, but also Ted, the hillbilly hill at the hill truth. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, he had uh, another podcast on and beauty and the beard. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, I'm going to have yeah. to go check them out. Uh, and the guy, it's a man and woman. The guy is from Alabama and the woman it's I want to say she is either from Wales or she's from West, the West country in England. Okay. She's right near Wales. Her accent. I was like, Hmm. You know, but it sounds like a very interesting part because they, they do strictly AEW and ring of honor. Okay. You know, so, uh, but he had them on there, so we need to get on his as well. And yeah, yeah he, he said he'd love to have us on and, uh, and I, I know we'd love to have him on too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, he, that dude, I mean, he's just seriously dropping some knowledge award-winning, you know, <laughs> accolades, number trending number one on MySpace and in an article. Yep. I, yep. I mean, can't beat it. Can't beat it, you know, and just an all around great guy, you know, and just, and the accent makes me feel like I'm at home. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. And so if you have not started listening to him, go listen to him and listen to true crime cast, listen to the bless their hearts. You know, they're not wrestling, but at the same time, they're big supporters of wrestling. They've been on Jericho's speaking of Jericho. Listen to his latest podcast with Abdullah the butcher. Okay. You know how we talked about Jimmy Snuka? Was he literate? Mm-hmm. So was Abdul the Butcher. Yeah, he can't uh, read or write. Yeah, beyond uh, he he dropped out of school, you know, in mm-hmm. second grade. Yeah, and I did not know that until I was listening to this. Um, and his illiteracy is what has caused him to be the subject, the, actually the losing end of a lawsuit. Really. Yeah, uh, he was sued by a guy who claims that Abby gave him Hep C. I remember that. Yeah, I yep. remember reading about that lawsuit. Yeah. Yep. Um, he said Abby cut him and he had his own blood and then he got Hep C. And then some doctors have actually come out and said, you cannot catch Hep C like that. Mm-mm. You know, it has to be pretty much injected directly into you. That's why I like people who, you know, share needles and things like that. Right. Um, but because, uh, there was somebody, one of the people on Jericho's podcast talking about said he had the same thing, you know, he, they, him and Abby cut each other. He got himself tested and he came up negative, mm-hmm. you know, but, but just to hear his story, you know, he was talking about, um, you know, how, how he's Canadian mm-hmm. and how he didn't, uh, you talk about somebody, you know, uh, kind of like Nikita wouldn't speak English. Yeah. He was the same way, even like trying to airport store, finally like, um, an airport, um, manager basically you know somebody pulled him aside and said look i know your name is larry shreve mm-hmm. he said i get it it's part of the gimmick he said if you want to just come through here so you don't have to basically act, act like this that's fine you know mm-hmm. he said, but he said i get why you do it he said but please um just come through here yeah you know? <laughs> and we'll we'll take care of you right um but but yeah so uh i mean so the, it they have a gofundme set up that you kind of help him because he's lost like just about everything mm-hmm. and he's like 82 years old jesus yeah i mean <clears throat> uh, but yeah so yeah definitely go check out jericho you, just check out jericho's podcast anyway yeah 
um, because he also has on the Friday episodes, he has the Duff McKagan joke of the week, and it's always a corny dad joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and this past one was Chris Rock didn't know why Will Smith was coming up on stage, and then it hit him. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that's not like a corny dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but anyway, you know, speaking of Triple H, maybe one day we can have him on the podcast. Maybe. You never know. It may cost us cool. like a, it may cost us a thousand dollars. Yeah, but I mean that'd be cool. Yep. So um yeah, maybe one day, you know, we'll get you know, some other people. Uh, there, there are some names like I said, now that work is well, I say work has slowed down and then all of a sudden I'll pull an eleven hour day today. Uh, <laughs> and I'll be working again as soon as I get off over here. Um and for all those listening on the audio podcast, hopefully I'm able to get it to work because we have music. And yeah. I want to take that same music and actually create another video. Because uh, I love what Justin did for us. Uh, but it's not ours necessarily. Yeah. You know, just, you know he, did a, he did a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you know, he put a lot, of, a lot of effort into it. Um, you know, but, you know, it's just kind of just trying to change things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, but is there anything else that we have not announced or given shout outs to? No, I don't think so. Um, trying to think what's happening in wrestling. Um, I know this oh. week on AWTV over Dynamite on Wednesday and Rampage on Friday, every title will be defended. Uh, the mm. world title is going to be defended on Rampage, the Texas death match. Um, mm. Adam Page and Adam Cole. I bet Adam wins. Yeah. Either way, it's a safe. See, that's always either way so, it's a safe bet because either way, yeah. Adam's winning. But Adam's also losing. That's true. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> um, I know one thing we we didn't mention it last week because we we're both like in shock. Not really, but yes, we were. Tammy Sitch. Oh yeah. She might be going to jail. Well, she might be. They're waiting on the. Uh, toxicology toxicology report to come back to see exactly um what was in her system because they're pretty sure she was intoxicated because she ran into someone in her car you know she Mm -hmm. drove into someone and that person ended up dying which at the very least it sounds like vehicular manslaughter Mm -hmm. if it's determined to be her fault but she also was driving on a suspended license yes yes so that it, that's almost like a default it's your fault yeah it will in most states it is it's like doesn't matter what the circumstance a car could fall out of the sky but it's like you were driving on a suspended license so it's on you yep because you shouldn't have been on the road in the first place and oh and like i said i mean back back in around 95 96 i mean and I, and I think I said this in the tweet or tweet, the text that I sent to you mm-hmm. when you sent me the uh, the news about it. I said she was just beautiful. Yeah. But apparently on the inside, you know, she's just a hot mess. Yeah. And now I feel like the what's on the in, inside has come out over the years. And yeah. it's just, I mean, she's stays in trouble whether it's, you know, assault on her ex or stalking her ex or 
drug charges and just I hope she gets the help she needs, but I'm mm -hmm. afraid this is the straw that broke the camel's back. This is, I mean, because now somebody's life is gone directly because of her actions. And think about this. You've been the co-host for about 10 months. Mm -hmm. This is the third time we've talked about her getting in trouble. Yep. In, in 10, 10 months. months. I mean, that's, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I don't want to write her off. I don't, you know, I don't want to write anybody off. Um, I don't either, but, and I mean, maybe this would be, may, I know people are going to be like, how is doing time going to be a good thing? Maybe this will save her life mm -hmm. because she's, I mean, she's snowballing down mm -hmm. this slope that she can't come back from. And if, if something's not done, she's going to be one of those wrestling casualties. Yeah. Uh, and, she, and she just got elected to the hall of fame. What? Three years ago. Mm -hmm. Something like yep. that. Uh, I mean, and it is really sad. I mean, it is sad. It's really sad. And at the same time, we know how PR driven WWE is. Mm -hmm. So they're going to distance themselves as far away as they can. Yeah. And they may go, yeah, you know that ring? Yeah. yeah. You know that ring you got? Yeah. We might need that back. Yeah. Yeah. Hogan, yeah, we gave his back. Just don't get that. But, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't either. But we, we, uh, like I we said, won't we go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, maybe, maybe one day, you know, we'll, we'll have like that episode where we just talk about everything like that. We could have. I we mean, could. I mean, but, yeah. um, but probably not today. Um, no, no, not today. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Tammy, not that you're listening, but somebody else might be listening, passing on to you. Please get help. I mean, we hope, hope the best for you. Yeah. Um, and in fact, actually, you know, a former guest of ours, um, Buff Bagwell, mm -hmm. he, you know, he's actually said he's for He said that he said that could have easily been me. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that on Twitter. If you don't yeah. follow Buff Bagwell's Twitter, you need to. It's great. Um, and he also has his YouTube thing that he does, you know, rebuilding buff. Yes. Um, he's serious about getting clean and taking care of himself. And of course, if he's, if he's in the DDP house, uh, you know, he, he has to be serious because mm -hmm. Diamond Dallas yeah. Paging will let him be anything but serious. Nope. Um, and he went in to there, he went into the house and then it was just a week later. He had an interview with, with these two idiots. I don't remember who they were. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, and then one of the idiots got to meet him. I still need to send you a picture, by the way. Um, you know, so uh, hopefully you'll be able to do that this at least coming weekend. Um, it's a matter of being able to get over there because, you know, right after that, all of a sudden I was like, I'm still at work. It's not like yeah. a night. Yep. And I'm yeah. still at work. Still at work. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, hopefully I'll be able to get your picture. I'll take you soon. Okay. Sitting, you know, it still says, you know, two dwelling, you know, <laughs> you know, of course, I mean, later on, you see it, it marked out. It says Steve. It said Steve on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I'll make sure you get that picture. So, all right. Um, but yeah, so he went through that. Uh, he went in DDP's house, had the interview. He's still doing appearances. And then Scott Hall passed away. Like yeah. all that happened all at the same time. So, yeah. Um, you know, so obviously, you know, we're pulling for him to make it. Cause I even replied, you know, to Conrad Thompson's thing. He said he's pulling for Buff, and I'm mm -hmm. like, you know what? I said we had a great interview with him. I mean, paraphrasing, I said, you know, he's a stand-up dude. You know, we had a good time. You know, yep. so I'm definitely pulling yep. for him too. So, 
And that's anybody, you know, if you're struggling with any, any kind of personal struggles like that, whether it be addiction or just depression, anything like that, you know, you know, we're going to be pulling for you to come through. So. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, I cannot think of anything else. I can't either. All right, cool. I think then we have come to the end of our program. All right. But all right, dude, until we meet again on Thursday and we figure out what we're going to be talking about. God bless. God bless.